All right, welcome once again to the Nefesh Podcast. This is episode 38, I think, 37 or 38. I keep losing track of the episodes, but I'm glad that you are with us. And I am here in Southern California with a really good friend, Natalie Kohler Contreras. Do you use the hyphen or like the hyphen or no? You just it's just you've you've left the Kohler behind, and now you're (laughs) Natalie Contreras, whom I've known for like 34 years it makes both of us sound very old but actually your parents would be the oldest then to because i was in their youth group and your dad never likes it when i bring that up so i'm bringing that up now because he just sent me um information about retirement (laughs) he's not going to no your dad will never retire he'll work till he's dead he will work until he's dead for sure hopefully (laughs) wait you're hoping no 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 i retract that i mean sooner or later for sure. One for way sure. or the other, not rather. Oh, right, right out of the gate. <laughs> Dad, if you're listening, don't just just ignore that part. Um, but Natalie and I have had so many conversations about it feels like everything under the sun. And you are such an incredible, thoughtful, intellectual, engaging person that um, we could have a million conversations, conversations and we were just talking about, like, what in the world do we talk about? Because there's so much. Um, but we, recently, we never run out of things. We to talk never, about. ever, ever run out of things to talk about. But briefly about you, um, you've mostly grown up in Southern California, yeah. uh, married with three, three beautiful children, girls, three girls yeah. um, and you and your husband own Brot Coffee. B R O T. B R O T. And what does that stand for? It's the German word for bread. Which means where does that originate? Um, breaking bread together. Uh, come to our community, come sit at our table, um, sustenance, it's intergenerational, intercultural. And they serve it's really the, good bread yes. and toast. We don't bake it, we roast the coffee, we get the bread from an artisan baker locally, but... Um, Still have the Queen Amans? Oh yeah, oh, on Wednesdays. so good. Yeah. You need to check out, Do you, you don't ship the bread stuffs, right? No, it's too expensive. Yeah. And, the Queen and Amans we, were, would go... we were during the lockdowns. Oh yeah? A little bit, kind of locally, um, but then like some people would get it and it would be moldy or like like <laughs> whatever. It, there's no, it's and we're you, not. And you we ship said, the coffee though. You just said tough it out because we're in a lockdown and that's what you get. You well, get yeah, you get. it's like I don't know what your people would pay exorbitant prices for shipping. Like they're like I don't care what, especially yeah. those college, those Chapman University students. Really? On for Daddy's the like credit the... card? Yeah, just wow. ship it up to Malibu for me. <laughs> like, all right. So, and uh, the website for your for your place in case people are out of state. Brokecoffee.com. Brokecoffee.com. Yes. And so you will ship coffee. And yeah, we ship amazing coffee. Amazing coffee. Yeah, we've shipped coffee to Germany, actually. Wow. It's also not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing but, you coffee. Know, for the for those who just... Love your coffee and need more mind, of it. I guess, yeah. Um, and so... We're going to be diving into um, your recent journey into, and you have a lot of journeys. Like you're one of those, one of those. I, I kind of picture like Pilgrim's Progress on, on these various pathways, journeys, <laughs> figuring stuff out. And recently, more back into kind of the Jewish traditions of of um, of really our Christian faith, and yeah, and yeah. I guess. To start with, it doesn't surprise me, but for others, what, you know, what started you on that journey? Well, um, 
I think my mom sent me a podcast about someone and um, Gematria. Gematria. <laughs> and Jumanji? Gematria. It's okay. like um, it's like the way that the Illuminati sends uh, messages through numbers, <laughs> like through our culture. We're breaking out the conspiracy I know. theories here. We're going well, way I mean, back. This is the 2020s. This is the <laughs> decade for conspiracy theories. So, uh, but I started following the girl who was on the podcast, and um, she talked a little bit about um, the origins of Easter and Christmas, mm. so on and so forth. Her perspective is that their origins are pagan, and it kind of just blew my mind because I'd never heard of that before, mm. but also um, it really resonated with me um, I don't know. I mean, I'm a mother of three little kids yeah. and I'm deep in the trenches of the labor of holidays. Sure. They're not, you know, I have to really dig deep for meaning in holidays mm, because, because they're just consumerist, they're work. Sure. Presents at Christmas, Easter bunny and Easter yeah, eggs. Yeah, it's all about the baskets. events and the things. Sure. And, you know, people are always trying really hard to ascribe meaning to them well and for you that that really is a a big deal you uh one of the things that i think you attempt to live out is a, a life of simplicity that's that has meaning right yeah. and so that's not a new thing for yeah. you stripping away yeah what isn't necessary because right. um i don't know maybe it's a reflection on my capabilities but i'm just mm. not able to manage all of that yeah. and i don't desire to some people I think do, um, and I just can't even comprehend trying to keep up with it. It mm. just breaks my brain. Right. So uh, I think because I am an introvert to, I mean, I guess an ambivert, but I, I'm i always kind of stuck in my head. I like mm. to learn, I like mm -hmm. to think, and I'm homeschooling my kids, and we have our own business, and so there's a lot pulling at my mind. Yeah. So when there are things that I have to do that exhaust me, I just don't mm -hmm. want to do them anymore. Sure. And because Did there you are like things that I that I need to do and want to do that do exhaust me, like waking up in the middle of the night with my kids or whatever, <laughs> you know. So some things have to fall off the plate. And this is not to say that I don't value what people celebrate as the mm -hmm. meaning of Easter and sure. Christmas. Sure, sure. But you're talking more about the commercialism that surrounds. So, for yeah. example, Christmas today is about presents, Santa Claus and trees. Yeah. Easter is about the Easter bunny and Easter basket. Easter baskets, you know, right. I mean, we went last year. I was just starting to dig into this a little bit right before Easter. It was the week. It was this week. It was the week, Holy Week, the week before Easter, and we went to the church that we'd been going to, one of the mega churches down here. And they said Easter probably 50 times, mm. and they didn't mention, Good they didn't literally say the resurrection wow. or the crucifixion. Wow. It was all Easter. Mm. And I'm coming out of, you know, I've raised in the church my whole life, pastor's kid, 
pastor's granddaughter, uh, pastor's great granddaughter, <laughs> even though I never met him, you know, the lineage, the lineage is there. So, right. um, and all evangelical, which I don't, you know, I, I don't think that's a dirty word or anything, mm -hmm. but it has a particular paradigm. So yeah. it's not a bad word yeah. for sure, but it, it reflects a specific way of looking Worldview, at, yeah. Yeah, looking and at theology and yeah. Bible and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And just kind of learning about what you grew up in mm -hmm. and what you were immersed in is um, just a self-awareness about mm -hmm. it, right? And what that means. Because um, I don't know if that's it's what I'm used to, but I don't know if it suits my personality or my leanings. And I don't think, I don't think uh, it matters so much, mm -hmm. but it kind of does in the way that you're learning and, sure. and how you approach the sure. Bible and scripture, right? Absolutely. It doesn't, it's not salvific, but right. it's... It's just the way you, it is, it is the reality of it. Yeah. So our paradigm, part our of growing and learning, right, yeah. is what it is. And then understanding that lens. Yeah to see maybe, I'm guessing, what might be missing from yeah, that, right? Because yeah, it's yeah. just one way of yeah, looking at yeah. it. Yeah. And I just thought, like, I was just so disappointed because I was just thinking Easter is one of those holidays that it's a lazy Christian holiday mm -hmm. where you can invite all your friends, you can invite your family members who don't go to church, who don't have exposure, and then all they hear about is Easter, mm. you know? And yeah. they hear scripture with it, but we just default to things without realizing it, and right. I'm kind of trying not to, especially since I do homeschool our kids, right. and I consider myself responsible for their discipleship, you know? Right. I'm not going to shift that on, especially because we aren't... Um, hooked into a church. Um, and that that's something you and I have had conversations about many times, just the reality of the parent's responsibility yeah. to, to disciple yeah. their kids and really give them the spiritual Christian education, essentially, that they need. Yeah. And not every parent is able to, obviously, because there's there comes from brokenness. But... Yeah. Um, but that shouldn't be, you know, the, they shouldn't be just hearing that from their youth pastors or their pastors or church or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Well, and because pastors and, you know, church events can only go so far, you know, that, that really deep spiritual rooting has to take place at home right. on your own right. or with your family. Right. And so it's been a gift, actually, because... I'm learning. I'm learning things that I never even knew mm -hmm. to begin with. And um, I credit it all to to the Holy Spirit and mm -hmm. to God and just my willingness to um, open the Bible. Yeah. And, and learn from, your, from yourself. The scriptures. Yeah. 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 Because I, I know a lot of times in conversations I have with people... Uh, a couple of years ago, I read through the Bible with the Bible app, and I got stuck in Revelation for all of last year. Wow. Because... Did you expect the, like, 
I wasn't, expecting the world no, I wasn't, to end. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But um, I just, I hadn't ever spent much time in it. I've read through it. Mm. I'm familiar with it. But it's a lot to unpack. Right. And no one preaches about it. No. Turns out a lot of people do, according mm. to YouTube. <laughs> um would you recommend but there was, any of them? I have a lot to recommend because I have watched a lot. and But it's not, turns out, basically every YouTube series I've watched is someone who has a different eschological mm-hmm. um, view. view. Yeah. And I, I like that. Sure. Because I think we, all the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled blindsided everyone Hmm. right they didn't they knew these prophecies better than we know the remaining ones right and because they just they couldn't get past what they thought the messiah should be yeah and so i don't i'm open to whatever you Hmm. know like i'm ready to take the first train out of here yeah (laughs) but (laughs) are you gonna take your kids and husband as well yeah that's the plan all right all right just make sure if that doesn't happen, <laughs> like, I'm not going to be like, that's not the hill I'm going to die on, you right, know? Right, Because I'm trusting God with that. Yeah. Um, because he's the only omniscient one right. in the room, you know? So, Meaning, you're, you're great to, it'll be great if you go before, you know, what's expected in the tribulation, yeah. right? But I'm, if not... I'm rooting for the rapture. <laughs> I think there's evidence for it, but... Rapture prior to all the tribulation yes, happens, yes, right? Yes, yeah. Sure. But... Um, but I'm I'm just learning, so <laughs> which is why I'm not which is why I'm not and could never be a pastor because I'd be like, okay, this is what I think, guys. <laughs> Actually, I disagree. So many with pastors that I know are like every service. It's like this is what the Lord says. Yeah, they this don't is what know. God told me. Sorry, pastors, so, you really don't know. <laughs> uh, you yeah. we try to sound more certain than we are, but yes. you're. T- the, I'm telling you, I have trauma. Without telling you, I have trauma. <laughs> The honesty that is needed in these types of conversations, this is what people are actually looking for. Yeah. And so, you know, we want certainty, yeah. but certainty is actually, I think, a, there is only one thing we can be certain of, that yeah. God exists, yeah. that he loves yeah. us, and, and that's it, right? And yeah. so uh, beyond that, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. You know, um, last night uh, you had, what was it, the, the Seder? Yeah. Yeah, Tell, well, okay, so we did and we didn't. We okay. didn't actually do a Seder. Okay, and explain because, what that is for those uh, who don't so know. So last night was Passover, um, the traditionally celebrated Passover. There is an argument <laughs> that Passover was the night before because... Night before the crucifixion? The night before, like on Tuesday night, mm, not Wednesday, because okay. in the Torah mm-hmm. or the Old Testament, first five books of the Bible, uh, God talks about celebrating Passover on the 14th of oh. Nisan or whatever. Okay. I don't right. know how you pronounce yeah. it. Yeah, you did it right. And uh, yesterday was the 15th. Okay. So on the Jewish calendar, they celebrate it kind of, I guess, coinciding with the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Like okay. just they kind of conjoin sure. it. And I was unprepared. For, like I, I came across that on Tuesday. Oh, and did you feel like it was all blown because of the fact that you were off a day? No, maybe? because I was already not going to really do a Seder okay. um, because I, I mean, I wasn't raised Jewish. Yeah. I don't consider myself Jewish. Sure. I'm uh, kind of to circle back to our original topic. Yeah. We 
I've been learning about um, the what they're called the appointed feasts. Okay. These um, these appointments that God set with the Israelite people, quote forever. Right. And I don't think God said that not knowing the future. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I think He knew. Um, what was going to happen, because that's what I believe about God. Sure. And so if he said forever in the Old Testament. multiple times um, as a, like, forever until you mess up or until Mm. you don't have a, you know, until the Messiah comes, Mm. because he didn't say that. Sure. So, you know, I could be convinced otherwise if someone explains to me what that really means or if the mistranslation of it or whatever. But in the meantime... Um, I decided that we should celebrate the biblical feasts for a year and forego Western um, holiday celebrations. And when did you start that? Uh, So we casually started it uh, on Pentecost last year. Okay. But we didn't actually, it was more just, hey, I know it's Pentecost. (laughs) I know what this means now because I never learned about this before that... The Holy Spirit didn't just show up on a random day while they were just waiting for him to show up on a random day. Um, but we officially started it on uh, Yom Kippur. Okay. On, or Rosh Hashanah. Which, which we know, um, which is translated in the Old Testament as the Day of Atonement. That, okay, so, yes. Um, and then... Rosh Hashanah uh, yes, is the Yes, Rosh Hashanah is the Feast of Trumpets. Right. So we did that whole um, month of the fall feasts mm-hmm. and um, we, I mean, it's, I say that casually because I'm just like dipping my toes in. Sure. It, you yeah, know, I yeah. don't, I'm not looking to emulate the Jewish way of doing things. Sure. Necessarily because I'm just looking to learn the scriptures yeah. and teach them to my yeah. kids and the really powerful moment to me was the aha moment was when I learned that Jesus fulfilled all the spring mm. feasts and that we are in the summer, mm. the church age. Uh, and that's... Explain that a little yeah, bit more. That, so basically, we've got Passover, we've got Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits, and Shavuot. Shavuot, Shav- I still don't know. Oh, uh, Shavuot. Or, Shavuot, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. working on it, guys. I'm just learning. <laughs> I'm just learning. So, uh, these are the four spring feasts out of seven of God's appointed feasts okay. that he gave to the Israelites that um, he would meet with them. This was like, we are going meet with me on these days mm-hmm. to remember where I've taken you mm-hmm. and um, and to remember how far we've come type of right. thing. And so Passover is a celebration of a remembrance of um, God bringing the Israelites out of Egypt, out right. of slavery. Right. Um, the Feast of Unleavened Bread is a week-long feast remembering that they didn't have enough time to make their bread, to let their bread rise. So when they were leaving Egypt, when they were leaving Egypt, right. yeah, and then the feast of first fruits. 
I'm still working on what the first fruits were. I think that one is, um, I don't remember. I don't remember the origin of what. I don't remember either. Is there a name for that one? If that's related to, um, there's not a lot of information about these feasts in the scripture. Yeah. He just, and so learning the culture surrounding why it was important to them and why they knew what it meant. Sure. Is, is really interesting, right. and that's kind of an endless journey to well, me. And you've got the big one, uh, like the big one, so to speak, in that you've got, um, like, the Passover, we understand, is yeah. tied to the Exodus event. Yeah. Uh, the, Feast of, the Feast of Tabernacles, or the yeah. booths, that yeah. was, you that's know, li- yeah, yeah, living in the, the wilderness, and, and you they go and they, uh, even today, they'll uh, make, like, little huts or yeah. whatever live like in these yeah. little booths for temporary 10 days temporary yeah. dwellings um and then you got yom kippur which is the day of atonement i think it's in leviticus 16 that it talks about that yeah um but not all of them are are fully fleshed out or even known by by yeah, christians the, the right big one that has a lot of mystery surrounding it is the feast of trumpets or rosh hashanah okay which, which is the new was year the original New Year. I just right. learned that that was the original ancient right. consideration for New Year. And right. when, when God gave the law to Moses, he changed the New Year hmm. to Passover. And it was like six. So so their traditional ancient New Year is still hmm. the, is still Rosh Hashanah. And they, as far as I know, they still celebrate that as the new year and it's yeah. like what 10 days or 11 days after Yom Kippur that Yom Kippur or So Yom Kippur is first, first. Yeah. and then they Feast s- of Trumpets or sorry um Feast of Trumpets is first Yom Kippur comes after that and it's always in the the fall fallish time Yeah and that's actually a, a day of fasting not a feast day Right so Oh, so, oh, so you're if focusing they are on the considered you're foc- feasts, but that one is actually a day of fasting. So are you focusing on the feasts? No, so I do all okay. these are just the they're called the appointed feasts, okay. even though that one is actually it's a day fasting, of fasting. Right, yeah. right. So um and then the fourth spring feast was um Shavuot or okay. Pentecost. Right. And starting today, I believe, is when you start the counting of the Omer. Okay. Which counts um they were supposed to count seven weeks plus one day, which is 50, 50. days. Right. Um, that's what Pentecost means. Mm-hmm. And um, and that would celebrate something else that I don't remember. Because <laughs> I'm brushing up on these yeah. as we go, right? right I'm right. learning them as we go. Uh, but as far as Jesus fulfilling them, mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with. Or I'm more familiar with. Right. Um, obviously, he was our Passover lamb. I don't right. know if that's obvious to everyone. But <laughs> in conversation, you and I, right. he was a Passover lamb. And his death coincides with that. Mm-hmm. With know. Passover. Yes, right? with Passover. Um, he, he rode into Jerusalem when they were choosing the Passover lamb. Mm-hmm. So he offered himself as that and he was and he didn't leave right he was the only he was a lamb without blemish so that's where the feast of unleavened bread comes in because the bible refers to leaven or yeast in bread Mm -hmm. as sin right it not that it is sinful right but it uses an analogy yeah Yeah. right um that just a little bit ruins the whole batch right um so 
that's what this week refers to is investigating your life and Mm -hmm. letting God, letting Jesus illuminate Mm -hmm. um, the sin in your life. Right. And, And then we ask God to remove it and to... Because God is the only one who right. can take care of our sin. Well, and you know, what's powerful about um, these, as you're touching on, what's powerful about it is that Passover, and I know uh, even getting into Yom Kippur and the Rosh Hashanah, they they were meant to be reflective. So Yom Kippur yeah. is all about our sin, our, our corporate sin, and, yeah. and um, this other... Uh, was it a goat or a lamb mm-hmm. that they would write on or kind of speak over the sins of the community and yeah. send it off into the yeah. wilderness? It it was meant to be reflective. It was meant to yeah. be a pause where everybody in Israel paused, yeah. came together and reflected on who God was, who they were, and the weight, the weight of their sin, the weight of the things that, that draw them from God. Um, and, I mean, just that alone... Mm-hmm. How often do we do that today in yeah. Christianity? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's we don't. when you're supposed to atone or apologize for the things that you've done over the year. Right. Um, and obviously, when they did it, um, they had to do it because there was no final sacrifice right. for their sin. Right. So which, it was. Which is you Jesus know, which is today. Jesus. So yeah. he did fulfill that in a manner of speaking, but. Right. And not to trivialize it because it was significant. Right. But. Um, it's not considered fully fulfilled necessarily by some people hmm. um, that there awaits further fulfillment at the end of the church age. So Which is the return of Christ. Uh, judgment day, yeah, basically. Sure, you know, when, sure. because God exists outside of time, right. these things have happened and haven't happened all at once. That, right? that concept... Is a I whole know. other podcast. That whole concept about God and time, and I mean, there is. I was about to say truth to that, but even then, it just feels like. Okay, so I'm going to interject something because I just <laughs> watched this video that blew my mind. But it argued, I'll send it to you. It argued that time is a construct mm-hmm. of our imagination. Of our imagination? Yes. They put. They put people, old people, into a room uh, or a house or whatever, an environment that was fully submersed in a certain era. My brother, Philip, was telling me about this, where it, like, took them back to, like, the 60s. Yeah, and then and they the started 50s. acting like yeah, they were... Yeah, and they, like... Their fate... tested, and they visually, like, got younger. Their, their bodies and their faces got, like... Yeah. Got younger? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, so... Time clearly exists. Well, God put time into place for us to be able to mark things. But do we then become confined and constrained within that construct as opposed to... uh, And you see this in the New Testament where Jesus is not worried or rushing around and he's able to you know, minister to somebody over here even though somebody over here is dying because he knows, right? He's not bound by time. Yeah. But we're stressed out over it because we allow we're, ourselves we're to become confined. To it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're we we oh. like are we bound to it because we bind ourselves to yes, it? Yes. Right. Know? Right. Or 
And is that why God tells us that we don't have to worry, we don't have to be stressed, because it, part of that is involved, it, it, part of that is tied to our understanding of time, yeah. and our, our binding ourselves to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a whole that's, different, oh, yeah, I know. That's trippy. I know, I'm still, I'm still chewing it over. That's, that is trippy. So, but I love those types of things, yeah. things that just kind of shatter your paradigm. Yeah, right. Make you think outside, because I'm totally available to believing it. <laughs> So the um, Jesus is the Passover lamb, yeah. um, fulfilled, but then some say maybe not fully fulfilled until the yeah. end of uh, yeah. Judgment Day, essentially. Yeah. Um, so back to, I think you were touching on before I interjected, kind of the more reflective parts of these yeah. feasts. And so, well, we're coming up to, we're in Feast of Unleavened Bread right now, okay. and then we're coming up to the Feast of First Fruits which is celebrated the day after Sabbath, okay. which is Easter Sunday. Okay. And the Feast of First Fruits is the resurrection. And so, so it does coincide. Okay. Which Jesus is, is said to be the firstborn of all creation, as Paul talks about in, yeah. in Colossians. And it, that whole idea of first fruits, I think. And you offer the, the first. The first yeah. and the best. So he was the first, um, still just kind of fleshing this out. I, sure. I understand it in my head. Yeah. But, but... Uh, computing it to be able to articulate yeah. it out loud right. is a whole other thing. Sure. <laughs> and so um, it was a time where they would, where, you know, they would offer the their first fruits, yeah. like of their harvest, right. of their... Literally meaning the first Literally, of. So yeah. whatever was grown first and, and you would give that as a sacrifice and... Yeah. Um, back to God, which would go to the temple and essentially would feed the, yeah. the priests. And, and so the, he was that Levites. like first and final right. offering fulfillment right. um, for us. And just a reminder that the Jewish Sabbath is Friday Friday night to Saturday night. It's yeah. sundown Friday to Saturday yeah. night. And um, it got changed in the Roman era to Sunday mm-hmm. um, rather than the, the Jewish Sabbath. So Sunday, Easter Sunday is actually in our in our feast culture of, is yeah. actually the feast of first fruits, yeah. whereas Easter of course is would be so Friday like, night to Saturday. Yeah, so it actually does it does coincide appropriately with Easter Sunday. I don't know if that's every year, but it does this year. Okay. And um, the timing of Passover, so obviously Good Friday is just kind of like a guess like yeah. it's not an accurate thing it's right not in the tomb for three days right because not it, even two not even two well, like it, the challenge to, becomes yeah. right um again if we're going back to like palm sunday and when jesus celebrated the passover and all of that yeah how does that then line up with the next day he's crucified but then how long is he in the tomb so yeah. for us we've we've in our western mind it's friday is Good Friday, and then of course Sunday is Easter. Yeah. But that's not that wouldn't have been true back in the Jewish time, yeah. uh, because of when Sabbath was. Yeah. Um, and, um, but it, again, like I don't. So I haven't looked into this specifically. Which looking into it is lazy to say because <laughs> it's actually just reading the scripture about it. But um, I heard. That, you know, because we celebrate Sabbath on Sunday, 
technically Jesus would have come into Jerusalem on Saturday. Right, which is so, entirely possible. And because and then, that's the Sabbath, right? So right. it would like alter Yes. Our, which I think Jesus wouldn't have been able to come into the city doing anything on the Sabbath. You yeah. shut down on the Sabbath. You don't ride um, you're not riding anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You're you're staying locally. So, yeah. um, so that pushes Palm Sunday, yeah, yeah. back to. Not even, I yeah. So I don't like, know. It's I'm just kind of fleshing that out, like how that translates mm, and all of that, you know. Yeah. But um, and one more thought that the Jewish calendar follows is it the lunar? Yeah. Which, if that doesn't make sense to you, that's okay because I still don't fully comprehend that that's the whole it's the moon thing and and it just is way too much details for me i prefer our greco-roman just very clear days but it throws off calendar well it throws off when um that's why easter changes every year if you've never even thought about that easter changes every year because it falls on um and we, we utilize, I think it's the, uh, the Orthodox calendar as opposed to the Jewish calendar, I think. But I could be wrong in that. Now I could just well, be making Orthodox things Well, the Orthodox calendar is actually a week later. Oh, you're right. Than, we follow the Jewish calendar for the, Easter. I, Roman Catholic, yeah. is it? Or yes. No? Oh, no, sorry. We follow the Roman Catholic, which I think follows the Jewish. So it's like Western Orthodox versus Eastern Orthodox. Yes. Roman so, Catholic versus Eastern Orthodoxy. Yes, and um, if all that confused you again, just yes. note that Easter changes. There are several options for celebrating <laughs> the death and resurrection of Jesus, and you I can want do to it go all on year long saying that I think I I do think it's arbitrary. Yes, I don't think it's yes. a hill you should die on. Right, I just think like it's Christmas. About, yes, right? I think it's about um, celebrating, honoring, but first and foremost for us is learning. Yeah. And getting to know God and right. and the culture of the Israelites, right. you know. Um, well, and so can I come back to what you said about, you know, God saying that this is something that you should do forever? Yeah. For you, that is, that became an important impetus for, hey, if God's saying this, then we actually should pay attention to it, Right. Yeah, And I think, and you've said it already in so many words, that it's not even necessarily a heel that you're willing to die on there because you're not about legalism, but more yeah. about God is saying to pay attention to it. Yeah. And, and there's... Well, it's like, it for okay, so the thing that hangs me up and gets my goat and... And everything else. Everything else is <laughs> the argument uh, against legalism or about legalism. Mm. Um, but yet, these very same, this very same culture and the people who say these types of things rally for the Ten Commandments mm. in courthouses. Sure. And like, I hate to break it to you, but that is the law. That is the law, right? Right. That is the Torah. Right. You know. In and fact, so, that was meant to be a summary of all the laws. Yeah. They elevated the Ten Commandments because it was meant to be kind of a con- condensation. Not condensation. Con- con- condensing. Oh, we're there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Condensing. I don't know if we'll find it. But. <laughs> we won't find the word. The word is gone. Yeah. Uh, a like synthesizing of, yeah. of all the, yeah. the 600 laws. Yeah. yeah. So... 
I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. No, the condensation fine. of okay, it. Okay, so Ten Commandments. We understand it's not about being perfect with them. It's right. about doing them because of your love for God, because That's you right. know they're good. That's right. And because you know they lead to a healthy and That's happy right. life. Right. And so because we don't understand the context mm -hmm. of some of the hundreds of other laws right. or whatever, we immediately vilify all of all yeah. of it with the exception of the Ten Commandments. Right, you right. Know. And even then we don't practice, remember no. the Sabbath and no. keep it holy. Exactly. So I don't know. I just, I, I don't disconnect those. Sure. I think, I think that if you can appreciate the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. and that they are necessary for a healthy, um, holistically happy life, um, because, because God as creator knows what's good for mm -hmm. us, um, that maybe he knows more than we know yeah. about why these other things are yeah. good for us. And it doesn't mean that, that I understand all of the laws, sure. you know, because there is like culture and context, you know, I just learned that a lot of the, um, laws in Deuteronomy, that's where in, Levit in Leviticus, and that's where they are. But a lot of them, um, they point to the fertility cult practices hmm. of the Canaanites right, right. and a specific, of that time. A specific, so, this is what other cultures do, do not do it. It, it was because, meant because it was there. Because yeah. of what it represented. That's right. So that's right. boiling a kid in its mother's milk. A kid is a goat, not, yes, not, yes, not, not a boiling child. a child. Yes, That's a bad, kid, too. Yes. Do not do that. Um, but what the entire kosher yeah. legalism was built upon, right. you know, um, or kosher culture, sure. whatever, you know, but it was built upon that, and it was a reference to a fertility practice mm -hmm. that the Canaanites would do. Right. Um, and God says, I'm in charge of fertility. That's right. So it's not about, it's bad right. to have meat and dairy together. Right. It's about, this is not what you need to do right. for fertility. Right. And he knew the Israelites right. were a bunch of boogers who, <laughs> you know, that's were, a, that's a theological term. Yeah. Bunch boogers. of boogers. <laughs> <laughs> it's accurately translated. <laughs> That they would um, be drawn to the mysticism and the mm, paganism of right. the cultures around them. Right. And I say that with no judgment because we're all drawn to it. Well, because it's permeated even the church. Yeah. I, but that's such a powerful thought that looking at, for example, that law, God, you know, especially in the Old Testament and we see this very specifically in the Old Testament, very specific laws yeah. addressing very specific issues that we don't honestly yeah. all struggle with today, yeah. right? As you get onwards to the New Testament, you do see even more of a condensing of the laws yeah. where Jesus says, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, yeah. and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
Jesus, uh, in fact, even Paul says in Romans, Jesus uh, didn't come to, and Jesus said he didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. Mm -hmm. And Paul references the law in a positive way by saying the law helps us to understand where we failed. And so it wasn't that, and we've, but we've done this. We've, we've looked at the Old Testament and said it was, it was, we don't need those laws. Those laws are legalism. Yeah. And, and uh, almost as if, in a way, questioning why God did that or why, yeah. he, why did he put such barriers yeah. around them. And, but it was very specific to their situation. And yeah. this was a group of people that had just come out of hundreds of years of slavery. Yeah. So he was trying to build a whole different culture yeah. within them. Yeah. And so, I mean, there are messianic Jews who do follow the practices of the Old Testament, yeah. Yeah. but they believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Yeah. But they're, for them, they see value in connecting to the tradition that is there, seeing that as not something that we should just ignore. Yeah. God said it, God did it, God, God created all these things, and no, that's not meant to be rigid and binding, and if I do this, I'm bad and sinful and going yeah. to hell. But there's value yeah. in those things. Yeah, and especially when we are so disconnected from that time in that time and that space, right. you know, we just don't understand so much of it. And so I feel like the lie within the church, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying the lie from people, I'm sure. saying the lie from the devil. <laughs> um, the lie within the church is, is that it's too, it's too hard to understand. Mm -hmm. We can't understand it. Mm -hmm. It's, yep. Um, yep. And then the lie from outside of the church is because I don't understand it, it's bad. Right. Yes. And yes. the church has kind of adopted that, mm. I think, because it, we can't explain it and we can't defend it. Right. And so largely, I don't mean everyone. Sure. Because I, I do believe a lot of people have spent time learning about it, you yeah. know, but by and large, people don't, they just kind of like chew through the, the people who do read the Bible front to back. Yeah chew through that they're sure. not they're not learning it to study it and to get to know it to understand it right and that doesn't say as much about God as it says about us hmm. right that just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it's bad it means we don't understand it or that it's not important and I yeah. think what you um one of the things that I think you may have mentioned this time or in a previous conversation is the fact that Jesus did not only fulfill, but he practiced these feasts. Yeah. So how does that add value to then you in yeah. particular? I mean, for love it? of Jesus and mm. for love of knowing Jesus um, and, and being like him. I mean, how do you be like Jesus um, without knowing his you know god didn't come into the like he called out the israelite people as right. his own right and he placed himself in that time and place on purpose it wasn't like oops i'm here so i'm just gonna <laughs> practice these things you know like god doesn't do things on right. accident right and just exploring that hmm. and learning about it and teaching my kids about it um as we go yeah and 
it's just kind of blowing my mind over and over again. I mean, my seven-year-old, Willa, she told me at the end of the year that she wanted to read through the Bible. Wow. Awesome. So we're doing it as a family. Awesome. And so we are in First Samuel. You're all, did you start in Genesis? Yeah. Wow. And we take turns reading. How did they, uh, did they fall asleep during Leviticus or? Nope. In fact, <laughs> because we take turns reading, there were a lot of hard things to understand. Yeah. And I mean, admittedly, they didn't absorb no. most of it. I didn't, I didn't even absorb all of it. Right. Um, and some passages are a little intense, right? Yeah. Did any I mean, questions come it's up? It's kind of from... like, you're blushing while you're reading this to your kids, <laughs> you know, like. Wait till you get you to know. Song of Songs or Song I know, of Songs. I know, I know. But then there's also like, well, if it's in the Bible, I guess. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't, like, I'm just not of the, of the perspective that I'm going to censor the Bible yeah, for my right, kids, right, you right, know. Right. If God's okay with it, then I'm okay with it, you know. <laughs> but. Just don't put it on video um, form for them, But right? we did, we did go to Canada recently and we kept up with it, we fell behind but we kept up with reading every night and we stayed with some family and they actually joined in oh. and uh my 17 year old cousin had the pleasure of reading or the misfortune I should say <laughs> of reading the chapter about circumcision and she was mortified <laughs> and I just laughed and there's the part where um oh. Joshua's reading the laws to the new generation right which Again, I can't recommend doing this as a family. The Bible is meant to be read out loud. That's right. It's That's not meant right. to just be read silently. There are so many things you miss when you right. read. Well, in it's your both, head. but definitely reading, meant yeah. to be read aloud. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you're doing a study, that's one thing. But when you're reading it, like... Yeah. And corporately, yeah. it was meant to be... That's how the early church and the old... Uh, prior to it being written down, that's how they did it. Yeah. It was, it was passed down orally. Yeah. The community, these yeah. things orally. Yeah. And that's how you... It's one way that you absorb yeah. information. And so um, when Adrian reads, he tends to try to make it interesting for himself because yeah. he's, um, he's just, not read through the Bible sure. in its entirety. Yeah. I know most people haven't because no. most people aren't nerds like we are. <laughs> and... Um, and I'm not even like your level nerd. No, you're, you're definitely my level nerd. Probably higher. I don't know. I haven't memorized full, I've memorized one full chapter and I forget it. So, um, but there's this, the part where Joshua is, is reading the laws to the people and then they're like, they are re, it's like the renewal of the marriage vows. They are right. making their covenant right. with Yahweh. Yeah, right. Um, and they're like shouting the blessings and curses from the mountain tops, and um, so did he start? To and when he <laughs> and when you know Joshua reads, uh, "Blessed are you who you know when you do this," or "Cursed are you when you do this," and the, the people say "Amen." Yeah. And so he made us say "Amen" every single time, <laughs> and the people say, "I mean, Amen." That that whole but response it kept us engaged, yeah, right? You know, yeah. and you're like, and it's Aww. tough here because you're. The blessings are great, and then you get to the curses, and you're like, oh, oh man. my gosh. <laughs> but um, I just actually learned, I've been watching this series on YouTube by David Pawson. He's in a British pastor, preacher. He's Gotta love the passed British. passed away, but everything they say, I, you know, I have to remind myself, like, okay, 
Test everything. Test everything. Because they just sound so smart. Of course. British people are smarter than tell me what you Tell me what to believe, and I'll believe it. Um, but anyway, he is a really good teacher, and he did un- unlocking the Old Testament and mm. unlocking the New Testament, and there's 60 videos of the Old Testament. Wow. So it's pretty thorough. Yeah. But I don't think boring. Other sure. people might, but I don't think they're boring. <laughs> and, um, and he actually mentioned that um, the Church of England's Book of Prayers actually has the blessings and curses Does in it them. Really? And only up until a couple decades ago, people stopped praying them. Wow. Because um, preachers, uh, because culture yeah. influences, yeah. Sure. right? And then you sure. get uncomfortable right. um, calling people out right. on their sin right and that's so interesting so yeah that the fact that a they aside. took it out well it's still there but they just don't do or it they anymore. don't utilize yeah. it yeah yeah like they didn't even really a lot of people didn't even really know that it was in there wow. because because they haven't been been doing it yeah so you are you've been on this journey well you've been doing you spending a year yeah. engaging in the feasts yeah and um what are some like right now, some big or for you significant takeaways so far? Obviously, you're not through, through the yeah, whole year Yeah, so we're, we're doing, we did the last half of the year, and now we're doing the full year, getting rid of Christmas and Easter. Yeah. We did last year, too, yeah. got rid of Christmas. Um, that was tough. But I would say um, it's it has really simplified a lot it's Mm -hmm. not totally de-stressed for me because i'm not great at throwing the feasts without stress because (laughs) you want to do it right and and well i have like a one-year-old so (laughs) that also doesn't help you know so the bar has to be really low right right. but it's just been so enriching Mm -hmm. and also looking forward um because um the Holy Spirit was given on Pentecost, right. and now we're in the church age, looking forward to the fall feasts, mm-hmm. and um, Feast of Trumpets is considered um, by some that it could be um, fulfilled when Jesus returns. Interesting. Okay. At the last trumpet. Okay. Because they blow the shofar, right. and no one knows when when the trumpet no one no one knows the day or the hour right. when the trumpet will will sound stop right. yeah when it will sound right. or when it will stop hmm. um and so some people believe that i don't know what i believe i'm just open and curious sure. about it and um i do believe that that it will be fulfilled in a meaningful way so i think that is a very likely the fact mm-hmm. that the holy spirit came on pentecost right. you know it makes sense sure. that with the mystery shrouding um feast of trumpets sure. nobody really knows why god gave there this be, command could be a connection there yeah. so um there's that uh atonement day being judgment day and mm-hmm. then feast of tabernacles uh, partially being fulfilled by Jesus coming to tabernacle with us right. because a tabernacle is a temporary dwelling, right, right? Right. It also reminds us that earth is our temporary dwelling. Mm. So we spend the week, we actually went out of town last year for not the whole time. 
Ah. But we, we I was going to ask you, did you do away. the, the, did you actually, you didn't put up shelters? No, <laughs> I mean, we, because some people go camping, some okay. people put out a little shelter on their, um, on their, like, front lawn. Oh, okay. As just, like, a symbol sure. of it, or maybe sure. they'll have, like, lunches out there or whatever. Okay. right. So it is kind of open to interpretation yeah. a little bit, and um, and we look forward to that as um, a reminder that this is our temporary home, right. which is very freeing Absolutely. in this time and place Absolutely. when uh, there's nothing good on the news. Right. It's chaos. Being reminded of this, that we don't live for, we're not... We're not living and we're not destined for this place forever. Mm. You know, this isn't our final home. Right. And um, the wedding feast mm. of the bride mm-hmm. and the groom, right. the bride being the church and the right. groom being Christ, um, that is thought to be fulfilled when that happens. And like the new Jerusalem yeah, and all of right, this and right. that being our permanent home. So we right. look forward to um, the end of of brokenness yeah, and eternity because with, with what it Christ. comes down to is everything broke in Eden mm-hmm. and nothing was left untouched. Right. So every time we turn and we're aghast by something else that's broken or mm-hmm. what do you mean that's corrupt too? You know, we don't, we, we, we live behind enemy lines. Mm-hmm. Satan is the prince of this world. Right. Um, and the kingdom of, of heaven is within us. Right. Not of this world, right? And um, that's a lot to chew on. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a lot to just sit with and absorb. But there's so much peace in that. I find, mm. and I guess all of this is because I was looking at the news and I was like. This is stressing me out. Mm. And not for myself, but because I'm a mom and because yeah. I have little kids. Sure. And I just felt the Holy Spirit nudge me that I needed to root them mm. in Christ. And how do I do that? Go back not to a devotional. Yeah. I mean, devotionals are good. Sure, sure. But why not just read the Bible? Well, and you're, you're going beyond reading the Bible. You're living it out. And... I mean, I, well, I, I, I know. if I these mean, walls yeah. could talk, we're, tra- <laughs> but you're know, we're doing our best. <laughs> you're attempting to bring what, what I, um, what I love about what you're, you're saying. And I, what I think is so powerful, um, about again, to kind of maybe rephrase it as more of a, like a messianic Judaism yeah. is that it's an attempt to it's an attempt to remind ourselves. I mean, the, the church today really has two basic sacraments that Protestant church is communion and baptism. And those things are good, but sacraments were meant to be reminders of, of our daily walk with Christ. Yeah. And there is something about the old Testament in particular that calls people to actually do something as opposed to just meditating or reading or doing devotional. Yeah. So you're actually doing yeah. these things. Yeah. And throughout the Old Testament in particular, 
God continuously calls them to remember. There's all these symbols and signs yeah. and remember and remember and, and the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night and the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. These were um, physical reminders of God's yeah. presence. And the yeah. feasts and the festivals and even the sacrificial system yeah. was not meant to be this macabre type of you know grotesque thing, but yeah. a reminder of their sin yeah. and a reminder of their need to connect with God and and I think we I know we have gone away from that and yeah. so I just to kind of wrap this up and we need to have you back because you just multiple part one two three four <laughs> five six part 20 part 30 um, because there's so much to to dialogue with you about but I think what what is inspiring about what you're doing is again the I want to say faith in action, but I feel like that's too cheesy. It's it's really, it's attempting to Im, uh, live out uh, and remind ourselves and and reflect, taking those time to reflect yeah. Yeah. and getting out of the rut. So if you've been doing Christmas all your life, get out of the rut of that and yeah. do Hanukkah, which yeah, you did. we did, we did. Get out of the rut of Easter mm -hmm. and do uh, uh, Easter in our Western terms and, and celebrate true... Passover yeah. and all of that and resurrection yeah. and so yeah. I, I, I this has just been so awesome yeah. and I appreciate it and it's very counterintuitive because you have to constantly be aware of shrugging the bent toward commercialism right. and you know buying little trinkets for this yeah. buying trinkets for that right. you know and there is there is a fun in that, and there mm. is um, because it's part of a celebration, and you're meant to celebrate. Right. Well, even, you know, even in Hanukkah, and you celebrated this last year, yeah. the eight days of Hanukkah, yeah, you get a present. Eight, I know, gosh. Right. So there's the there's the celebration that yeah. God is not against celebration. Yeah. It's when the celebration takes takes over the real meaning of it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and we'll have to talk about Hanukkah because that was a surprising one. That, because that's not right. a feast, right? No, it's not. And it came after the Old Testament. It's in that intertestamental period. Yeah. Um, so we need to get into that next time. But thank you for being on. Thanks this has been I'm glad awesome. It worked out. We're going to get you back on really soon. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this week's episode of the Nefesh podcast with Natalie Contreras. And uh, we definitely will have her back on. And we will talk to you next time.